Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And while we got awesome games coming up this week, we had good games last week, good suggestions last week. Uh, I just kind of want to run over it right at you know right off the bat. While we went win-win last week for our little bet, so that brings you to three. Three and two, and me and two to three, and I, I think I'm going to win this week, and you're going to lose. So we'll be even after this week. Hey, there's abnormalities and everything, Woj. That might happen. We'll get to our picks a little later. Kind of want to go over some things this week. We're we're doing a little bit of a new format, so we're going to go game by game basis instead of a gambling section, a DraftKings section, and a fantasy section. We're just going to go into a game. Uh, for instance, while the first game, Purdue at Penn State. 11 o'clock a.m. on ESPN. We're kind of just going to go through this game, talk about the gambling aspects of it, talk about the fantasy aspects of it, just give you a little a couple keynotes on the game itself. Hey, getting right into it. Penn State, minus 27.5. They looked real good last week. Game right now, Purdue obviously on the road, over and unders at 55.5. Uh, move from a field goal open, this spread did it. started at 24.5. It's all the way down to 27.5. I think it's going to be a passing-oriented game, Moj. That's my opinion on this one. Well, I don't even know if Purdue has a choice because of how good Penn State's running game or run defense has been all year. I mean, just look at one of the better running. Obviously, it wasn't Jonathan Taylor, but Anthony McFarland came in last week, and he didn't do anything against Penn State. So, I, And for a Purdue team that doesn't run the ball already anyways, I mean, 273 yards in the year, uh, I'm pretty sure you're right, Wall. This is a passing game. Well, like you said, 273 rushing yards, but they got 1,404 passing yards. So that's that's where my logic is coming in. Penn State themselves, you know, they're uh, passing well over 1,000 yard passing yards, I should say, on the year so far. So they're willing to throw the ball, too, even with their good running back situation there. Yeah, I feel like Purdue's kind of fell into let's play Big Ten, Big 12 football and let's just try to outscore our opponents. Uh, they've given up 300 yards passing in the air, and I, I think once once they reach Penn State's defense and they can't score, and and then Penn State's just going to obliterate the Purdue defense. That might happen. That's what happened last week. I think that's where some of this spread is coming in. I don't know that I necessarily agree with where it's at, but if you look at the first half spread, it's at. 15 and a half. Penn State's given 15 and a half in the first half. Likely, this is how Penn State manhandled Maryland, and that's the reasoning for it. But 15 and a half is a big number to lay for these two teams in the first half. So that's something to look at for you guys out there. A couple guys to look at as far as the afternoon slate on DraftKings. Uh, Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, uh, 7,100. Best quarterback Purdue has seen all year. I I can probably say that pretty easily. Uh, would consider him a value pick. I would guess 35 points or so out of him. Um, as far as receivers go, I wouldn't take too many. They like to spread the ball, but if I were to take somebody, KJ Hamler from Penn State, he's 6,000. He's the big playmaker with 16 receptions. He's turned those 16 receptions into 353 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so he's done a lot with when he's got the ball. Um, and like we already talked about, they're playing against Purdue, who's given up quite a bit of passing yards uh, per game. So I, I, if I was going to pick a, a Penn State wide receiver, I would go with him, considering his price. And hey, you know me, Wall. I like to pick those receivers right around 6K. You know, I keep telling you, those Alabama receivers are at 6K. Devontae Smith last week, 62.9 points last week. 
That's a lot of points, Woj. That's a lot of points for one wide receiver. I mean, that's more than a good quarterback is going to get on a week for fantasy football. Yeah. As far as taking any Purdue players, Penn State's given up 7.7 points per game. Uh, I'm going to stay away from Purdue players until I see them play. You know, I'll, I'll watch the game. I'll see if they're starting to score on them. But if any, if what they've done so far this year is the tail, then I, I probably wouldn't expect too many fantasy numbers out of the Purdue guys. I, I think it might be a trap game for Penn State too, because who's Penn State got next week? They got Iowa. That's going to be a tough game for them. They might be doing a little look ahead to that one. And you never know with a trap game like that. You don't know what the outcome could be. Yeah, uh, night games at Iowa are, uh, are tough. And speaking of Iowa, Iowa going to the big house, Michigan, 11 o'clock on Fox. Big house, Wall, tough game. <laughs> tough game for Michigan. You're right, Woj. They're going to have a real tough time with this Iowa football team who's undefeated going in there. Obviously, the better the handicappers are favoring Michigan here. Started off minus 5.5. It's been bet down to 3.5. People know, the Sharps know, Iowa's a good team. They're jumping on that right away. Over-under at 47. Hey, Big Ten football game. First half line over-under at 23.5. First quarter at 10. I mean, these are some low numbers. They're not expecting a lot of offense out of these two teams. Well, the defenses are good, though. That's why. I mean, Iowa – well, just look at the rankings. Iowa's beating Michigan in all of these categories, by the way. But Iowa's fourth in points allowed at 8.5, third in yards allowed, and this is in the nation at 251 yards. Um, and well, let's get into Iowa's offensive numbers. 23rd in yards total at 465 yards a game. That's an Iowa football team. Well, 465 yards a game, that's crazy for them. 33rd in plays per game with 75.2. Those are the numbers you see at a big, huge spread offense teams. That is, and that's not exactly what Iowa is. They will drop back in a shotgun every now and again since uh, Little Herb Street took over. But, I mean, they're running the ball 50, 57% of the time. That's You're not going to see that in a lot of college football teams these days. 57% of the time on the run is is a lot for a team, especially one that's that high in you know statistical rankings you just read a lot. Yeah, like Wall said, this is a defensive-oriented game, though. Uh, I expect Michigan to, you know, shorten those numbers that I was putting up so far this year. And I probably wouldn't take too many people in this game as far as uh, daily fantasy. But if you were going to take anybody, Micaiah Sargent, the running back from Iowa, is only 6,100, averages 5.5 yards, 5 .5 yards a carry. Uh, you know, he's no Jonathan Taylor, but Michigan got destroyed by Jonathan Taylor last week. Um, and they knew it was coming. It's what, what happens when you walk into Wisconsin. You know what you're going to get beat by, and they couldn't stop it. So, Maybe Sargent does similar things, not quite the level Taylor does, I'm sure. But, I mean, that could be one of those guys that you could pick up for DraftKings. Hey, well, I think you're right. Just looking at one guy, you know, maybe a solid. He's not going to get you a lot, but he might get you some. Might be worth the money. But, again, this Iowa football team giving up an average of nine points per game. I wouldn't touch anybody on Michigan's football team. Michigan themselves, you know, they're only giving up 19. So, hopefully Sargent can rip off some runs. But, I I think you're right staying away from this game. Oklahoma Tech, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech wall at 11 o'clock in FS1. What are your thoughts on this game? <laughs> I don't have many thoughts on this game. It's kind of one that I brushed by when I was doing my every week. I would say before the lines come out, I pick my own line, see how close I am to the handicappers. But um, right now we got an over-under 62. doesn't really excite me. Oklahoma State giving 10 on the road. Eh, doesn't really excite me either. So I, I really don't have many thoughts on this game. Much. You know, Alan Bowman, 
the Texas Tech quarterback will be out with a shoulder injury he suffered in the Arizona game. Uh, Jeff Duffrey will be the primary option for quarterback. You can kind of read more into that, but I would assume he'd be the Red Raiders quarterback going into this, and he hasn't had a ton of success so far. Um, so I'm going to steer clear of Texas Tech guys for daily fantasy. I'm going to go with uh, Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State, 7,100. I feel like this is the steal of the week wall at 7,100. First, second, and third option in the offense. He is the offense. If He's got 618 yards and six TDs already. Uh, so if you're looking for a good wide receiver at a pretty good price, 7,100 in my mind I think is great. I would go with him. If you're looking for a running back as well, uh, that's a lot of money. I usually steer clear from running backs that are too expensive. But uh, Chubba Hubbard is from Oklahoma State running back is 8,900. He's the most expensive. He's averaging almost 200 yards a game, and he went for almost 300 versus Kansas State with just 25 carries last week. He's got 10 touchdowns through five games. So if you're going to pick a running back, he's the running back you're going to want to pick. But like I said, I try to steer clear of running backs that are going to cost me that many points unless I know he's going to go for 300 yards. I'm not sure he, Texas Tech is going to allow him to do that this week. So I go with Tylen Wallace. Uh, good deal. I think the steal of the week at 7,100. Hey, I'll take your word for it, Woj. I'm looking at a different game, though, in the Big 12. I'm looking at that Baylor-Kansas State game. That's really exciting to me. 2.30 p.m. ESPN2. It's a one-point game, Woj. It's a one-point spread. We finally get a one-point spread. I love those, Wall. I love those. I love them. I mean, we haven't seen many of those so far this year, and you can thank that to the college football playoff, but we get to see one this week, and I'm pretty excited for it. Two teams, you know, I kind of like Kansas State. Not a big Baylor fan, but they played Iowa State real tough last week, and obviously Iowa State's a good team. Baylor ended up pulling off. They won a close game by two at the end, but um, they're a good team. I'd love to see the outcome of this, to be honest. Yeah, last-second field goal, by the way, last week by a freshman kicker. Good for him. Uh, but they did blow a 20-point lead in that game to put him into that awkward predicament. Uh, a cool little tidbit wall, Baylor's coach, Coach Rule, just got a contract extension through 2027. Think complacency will set in with a contract that's going to go that long? Hey, Woj, it could have, and it could be reflected in the line movement we saw. Kansas State, like I said, is minus one right now. That moved from minus three and a half, but at one point, Kansas State was actually getting points. They were they were the underdogs, so maybe it had something to do with it coincided with the news that came out, and it was complacency. So you might be nail on the head there, Woj. Yeah, the biggest uh, guy I see for this game as far as DFS goes is Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver from Baylor. is only 5,200, bit of a sleeper here, but he did have 11 receptions and 141 yards and a TD versus that Iowa State team. Um, so if he can continue that, great. Uh, but again, it is a bit of a sleeper. It's a bit of a gamble. He's not their best wide receiver, but he did pop off last week for sure against a decently tough team, Wall. Hey, I, I'll take your word on it, Woj, again. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I, I really like the I like the spread here. I, I like Kansas State. You know, I like them covering that minus one. So as far as what I'm going to do in this game, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the minus one. Kansas State's covered six of their last meetings going back – or six of their last nine meetings going back to 2010. Um, they've covered all four games, less than a touchdown spread. So that's what I'm doing with this game with my money. Here's my kind of game, Wall. Auburn, Florida. Auburn at Florida at the Swamp, 230 on CBS. You know why it's my kind of game, Wall? Because there's defense involved. Hey, that's why game day's there. They're actually at a real game this week. I'm excited, too. It will be a defensive battle. You know, a lot of people keep hyping up Bo Nix, and 
uh, that's great and all. He's okay. I don't think he's quite matured yet to be a, a quarterback in that position. They've kind of gone to a run-first team. Um, and then you have Florida on the other side who Felipe Franks goes down, and he's still the passing leader wall after two and a half weeks of not even being in the on the team or in the games. <laughs> That's not a good sign if you're Florida. I would not want to be in that situation, but they are at home, you know, playing at the swamp. Like you said, the quarterback on the other side, not Bo Nix, not the most veteran of guys. So they might have that advantage going for them. So, Wall, what if Auburn wins this game? Because already on the resume, they got Oregon, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M. And two of those games were on the road. Now going on the road again to play a Florida team? I mean, obviously an injured Florida team. But nonetheless, what is this? If what if they win this game? Are they considered number one in the nation? I don't think they're considered number one, but then again, with how these things get ranked, I maybe, I don't know. They're, in my opinion, they shouldn't be number seven right now with the people you just rattled off, Oregon, Mississippi State, A&M. You know, these are all quality wins, and they're sitting behind Oklahoma, you know, and LSU. Who, don't get me wrong, they're good teams, but they don't have that kind of resume. So I, I don't think they jumped to number one, but I definitely see them getting in the top five with a win here. As far as... DFS goes well. Ripley thanks out for the season. Florida has become one of the slowest offenses in college football. Like I said, Bo Nix, they're more of a run first kind of started going more run first. Uh, good Florida D in a sluggish offense makes this a stay away game for me. Hey, I might be in the same boat. It's over under a 48 and a half, you know, on my end, Florida plus two and a half dropped off from three. I, I don't know which team to take. I guess I'd probably take Auburn if I had to, but it's tough to take somebody you know, going into the swamp, playing on the road. So I, it might be a stay-away game for me also. Wall, how about Arizona at Colorado? What what What's kind of the lines in that one? Colorado, minus four, over under 63 and a half. This game really excited me. You know, I was, I was excited for this game, but um, I don't know what I'd do here, to be honest with you. It's interesting, the over-under with both teams, you know, scoring an average of 65, and the over-under is at 63 and a half. I, it's kind of, you know, throwing me off a little bit there. I don't know why it's that way. So it, I'm hesitant to put my money on either side there. Another thing to look at is, you know, in this series, the away team has covered six of the last eight games, uh, six in a row, actually, until Arizona broke the streak last year with a home win. So streaks like that, you know, got broke last year. Maybe if the streak was still going, I hit up the away team. But with that broken streak, I don't know. Um, I like the game, though. I'd like to watch it. It's going to be exciting, I think. There's a lot of questions around the offensive powerhouses of both of these teams. Three players individually that are questionable, Khalil Tate, J.J. Taylor, and uh, you're going to have to help me out with this one, Wall, because I'm not going to pronounce this name right whatsoever, but uh, the wide receiver from Colorado. Chenault? You're talking about my boy Chenault? Yeah, Chenault. Uh, they're, they're questionable, Wall, and that, those are three of the probably most off offensive tools in this game are those three guys. Yeah, it's definitely going to hurt the over-under a little bit. Maybe that's why it's a little under their average score. But you'd actually, Chanel, I mean, what a great wide receiver he is. And he is, you know, injured. They had that bye last week. Maybe that helped him heal up a little bit. They're not going to say anything until they have to on Saturday. But to might surprise some people, Tony Brown is actually the leading receiver on this team with 301 yards and 19 receptions on that Colorado team rather than Chanel, who probably is the best wide receiver, just getting in double coverages a lot. It's hard to get him the ball when there's two guys on him. but um, that might surprise people, and obviously Tony Brown this week is healthy, but I, I think the biggest story in this game, you mentioned it briefly, is 
Khalil Tate. He didn't play last week. You know, he's nursing that injury. And he's one of the most electric players, fantasy-wise, anything-wise, really. He gets a lot of points, gets a lot of yards, and he, his team really relies on him. Question is, does he go this week? For example, I have him on my fantasy team. I got a decision to make. But I'll tell you exactly how I'm going to handle that decision. Um, considering he didn't play last week at UCLA, I'm going to pick up, which I actually already did. I'm going to pick up Grant Gunnell, who's the backup quarterback. He came in and played well enough last week at UCLA to get them the win, but he can definitely take over for Tate should Tate not play. So your fantasy strategy might be, hey, put Tate on the IR, pick up his backup, Grant Gunnell, wait till Saturday when we finally get an answer from Sumlin about who's going to play, and then put Tate in if you have to, if he's playing, drop Gunnell. If not, keep Gunnell and keep Tate on your IR. That's, you know, in my opinion, the best way to handle the situation. Well, this is a juicy daily fantasy game, um, and I know you even said the over-under kind of got hurt there, but no matter if those guys are hurt or not, this is going to be juicy. Uh, so let's just go over the numbers here. Khalil Tate is 8,100. J.J. Taylor, Zona's running back, is 5,600. And why well, you can't even say it, the, is 7,100. Okay. Now, you play those guys if they play, right? But if they're hurt, go to their backups. And this is why this game gets even more juicy, because they're going to have cheap backups and cheap backups that are doing good. Gary Brightwell, for instance, the zone of running back, is only 5,100. Perfect example. If Taylor doesn't go, you put him in. 7.8 yards per carry and a TD in each of the last three games, Wall. Huge numbers there. And like you talked about already, Tony Brown, who's the leading receiver, is only 5,700. Uh, those guys are going to score points in this game for sure. No matter – even if they're – predecessors are playing or not those guys are going to score some some points so uh that is a juicy game you can go up and down the list with guys to play in this for for fantasy but those are the key players to play if you're going to um I especially tony brown i think i take him no matter what um and then obviously gary brightwell if jj taylor doesn't go for sure play him 100 percent, especially at that 50 100 mark he'll easily get that in points Hey, well, I'm looking at your team right now. I see Brown. I see Brightwell. I'm liking it. You're winning that million dollars this week, I think. Are you in the million dollar one or no? Well, we'll try. I, we'll see. Try. No. Uh, gonna, again, this game is at 3.30, guys, and the channel hasn't been named yet, but I assume it's going to be on one of the Pac-12 channels. Yeah, most likely. Again, you, you see, this is a juicy game. You know what's a juicy game for me, Woj? Georgia. I've had to sit through a whole week. I saw that Notre Dame game a couple weeks ago. In my mind, the whole time, I'm thinking – I'm jumping on Georgia at Tennessee two weeks from now, and the day is finally going to come. Georgia's given 25. It makes it a little harder with the over-under at 51 and a half. You know, I'm still going to jump on them. I made up my mind, so that's what I'm going to do. Georgia's averaging 43 in a game. You know, Notre Dame held them to 23, which brings that average down a little bit, but Notre Dame's a good team. Tennessee is not going to be able to run this ball. I don't think you're taking Tennessee's running back, are you, Woach? No, no, trying to stick away from Tennessee as much as I can. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good plan because Georgia has a tough defense. Really, Tennessee's only hope is with their quarterback, Garantano, and the receiving core, which you know is led by Jennings there. Hopefully, it may be for Tennessee thinking anyways, they can pull something out, you know, a rabbit out of their hat, as people like to say. But, you know, as far as stopping Swift and Fromm, <laughs> hope all you want, but you're not going to stop those two. They're going to put up some points on this, you know, I hate to say it, but weak Tennessee team. 25 is a lot for me, so I'll probably decrease my unit size down to maybe a half a unit. But I had my mind made up. I'm taking Georgia, so that's what I'm doing this week, Woach. 
I like it, Wall, and I like this game a lot. Uh, you know, it gives people an idea of what Georgia's all about. You know, despite Georgia looking like the complete package as far as the playoff team goes, they're a terrible DFS team, Wall. <laughs> terrible. Uh, there's not one receiver on their team that has more than 10 catches and 179 yards this season. And Fromm, who is a, has pro potential and is a great quarterback, has only thrown for 788 yards in the, in the games they've played. They're just so good at everything, Wall. And it just makes me sick. It should. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweet Kirby Smart, and I'm going to let him know your thoughts, Woach. This can't stand. They need <laughs> to get more fantasy points. Yeah, but they are the complete package as far as it goes for a playoff team. I mean, they are the epitome of what a playoff team should look like. You know, Alabama's done it for years, and now uh, Georgia's doing it, I think, even to a better um, standard than Alabama has in the past. If you were going to take guys in this game, I wouldn't, but if you were going to, DeAndre Swift, the Georgia running back, is 7,800. They're playing a rough Tennessee team. Uh, he's the most expensive running back and only getting 19.8 points per game. I would try to stay away from it, but if you really want to take him, go ahead if you're a huge Georgia fan. If I was going to do anything in this game wall, and I mean anything, and I, I would take Juwan Jennings, the Tennessee wide receiver, at 5,800. Even though I think that's more expensive than he needs to be, he's the best option. It is against the standout George D, but if they are behind, he might get some multiple TDs. So if you're banking on him getting a couple TDs, then I would take him. But other than that, anything less, I, w- I wouldn't at all. I'd stay away. Steer clear of that game. That makes sense, Willis. There's plenty of other players, right? There's plenty of other fish in the sea, as they say. What about this Oklahoma-Kansas game? Who who have we been talking about all year in this game? Who who's, jumps out at I think he's I think he's going to win the Heisman this year. I think his name's Gerald Hurts. Have you heard of him? Jalen Hurts, I've heard of him. I don't know about Jerlin. I don't know who he is. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just trying to get some jargon in there. But he's unbelievable, Wall. He's po- he's pulling 46 points per game on DraftKings. 46 points per game. That's insane. There's not very many people that have ever done that. And he is it's, – it's, it's crazy. He pulled – you need a chunk of money to get him, though, Wall. He's 9,300. He's the most expensive by far. Uh, but – He's gotten his value every single week, even at the 9,300 mark. Uh, that's a lot of. I mean, what's what's the most expensive you've seen a player that I mean that you can remember, anyways? On DraftKings, I think 9,800 is the most expensive. I can't remember who that was. It might have been. It actually might have been uh, Justin Fields, maybe three or four weeks, three weeks ago or four weeks ago. He was the most expensive. Well, this is not far off, Ed. It kind of makes sense, though. They're playing Kansas, and Kansas is not bringing anything to the table week over week. You know, a no-brainer favorite. Oklahoma, 31 and a half they're given. Dropped from 35 a little bit. So I think people are just saying, like, that's a big number and taking it. Uh, Over-under, 67 and a half. We've seen big over-unders all year on Oklahoma. Uh, First half over-under on this game, a little interesting. 37 with Kansas plus 21. If you think about it and you do the math, it implies Kansas – would score 16 in the first half. I don't know that I see that coming. So this might be something that I do a little partial hedge on, drop a little money on. Play would be to take, you know, the first half Oklahoma minus 21, and then the under at minus 37. You do a 60-40 split thinking, hey, Oklahoma doesn't cover the 21. It's likely coming in under 37, and you're going to get your money back. But I think that's how I'd play this one. It's really kind of a an off spread for this type of game. It's really what they're expecting is Kansas – is going to get 16 in the first half, which, you know, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. They, 
Oklahoma's only given that up in a full game once this year. So as far as daily goes, uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts is the only guy I would take. I mean, I would stay away from anything else other than the Oklahoma offense, which is AKA Jalen Jalen Hurts. So uh, props to you if you take him and he scores a bunch of points, but you have to suffer other places and. It's it's tough this week to kind of find those sleepers. We've talked about a couple so far today, but um, again, he's made his value in every single week so far, and he's averaging 46 points per game, which is absolutely nuts. Well, let's uh, let's get back to the Big Ten here. Michigan State at Ohio State, 6:30 on ABC. I'm excited. This game's not at 11 like every other game I want to watch, but this will be a good game, you know. It'll definitely be better than what I wasted my time with last week watching Nebraska, ESPN's game day. Oh, that was a horrible game, which I don't know if you made it through the whole thing, but it was definitely a waste of time. This game, Ohio State, minus 20, over and unders at 50. You know, with the over under at 50, you can look back at what Ohio State has scored this year. They put up the first game 45, then 42, then 51, then 76, then 48. You know, they might hit the probabilities are good they hit 50 by themselves so that's really enticing i don't know about that over under but it's pretty enticing on the over side of it yeah the it sounds like the uh they're just giving michigan state a little bit too much credit i mean they're going to ohio state too in the horseshoe um i i don't know i i, I like your thoughts on that wall because i just don't like michigan state's chances of really slowing down too much of that ohio state offense uh, no one's done it thus far. Nebraska didn't surely didn't do it last week. So I, I like that call. Yeah, it's I mean, you're playing prover- the proverbial eye test tells you you're looking at the best team in the nation right here playing Michigan State. You know, the, Michigan State might give them that competition. They kind of need to prove it because all we can go off right now is an eye test. We don't they haven't played anybody great by any means. You know, they're actually kind of hurting themselves by making other teams look so bad. They're so good. The teams they're playing and beating make them look bad. Perfect example of this is Cincinnati. You know, it's good for us gamblers. Don't get me wrong. We won big actually last week on Cincinnati. Uh, they're the dogs at UCF this week, but they just got manhandled by Ohio State. A good team, but Ohio State is just that great, I will say, making everybody look bad and kind of hurting themselves in the process. Fantasy wall? What? Uh, who do you think I'm going to take this week? Well, I heard you mention Justin Fields before. I'm betting you're going to take him. He's got 34.2 points per game. Not quite the Jalen Hurts 46 points per game, but he's valued a little less. He's he's a thousand less. He's at 8,300. It's not bad. Um, he's right at his value mark. Uh, he's gonna play off. Uh, you know, probably the toughest D they've played all year. But again, it's at home. He can be comfortable. Um, and here's a good. Uh, this is perfect because Benjamin Victor is the cheapest Ohio State wide receiver, and this is kind of like how I've been going off of Bama. I usually just take one of their cheaper wide receivers. Um, he is actually the leader in receiving yards on Ohio State. Um, and if you can want to fork over the cash for Fields, who's at 8,300, you know, pair him up with Victor, who's only 4,900. Uh, that's average. That's 13,200. That averages out to about 6,600 average. Um, so if they want to get value, you only need 26 points per player. And you already know that Justin Fields is averaging 34.2 points per game. So I like that combo right there. It's a really good, you know, value combo. It, it makes up for the fact that Fields is 8,300, where you can take a cheaper wide receiver and pair them together. And if they connect, that much better. Well, I love that. I love the math. You know, math doesn't lie. 
people lie. Math doesn't lie. So that makes a lot of sense to me, especially with the value you're talking about. Uh, that is the night slate, by the way, on DraftKings wall. That game and then the next game we're talking about is both on the night slate, and that's California at Oregon, 7 p.m. on Fox. California is looking a little rough with a, uh, with an injured quarterback there, Wall. <laughs> they are. I mean, the number three team in the nation. <laughs> uh, I say that jokingly because of the shenanigans last week, but uh, who was that guy, Woj? Or should we not even mention his name? He's just trying to look. For publicity. Yeah, we'll forget about that. We'll forget yeah. about that guy. Well, that guy, I, once I heard him, you know, what, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, somebody came out and said they thought California was the, was it the third best, Woj? I, don't, I brushed it by. I don't yeah. know what it was, but it was, I think it was the third best team in the nation, he said, because of who they played. Anyone that's watched college football this year knows that that wasn't the case. And I was really hoping that Cal would pull out that game against Arizona State because it would get, you know, it would confuse some people. They'd get tricked and it'd give us some good numbers. But once this Oregon spread came out it was minus 17 and a half on Oregon you know my my hopes and dreams were kind of crushed because you know the ga- the uh, handicappers they're not going to be fooled by some guy jabbing his mouth over there but they put it at minus 17 and a half you know I don't really see any action here I don't see any value Oregon's definitely going to win this game whether they win by 17 and a half I don't know that's a lot yeah, Devin Monster is going to replace Chase Gabbers the Cal quarterback uh, he came in last week did not do so hot uh, he'll have a week to work with the first team uh, in prep, so we'll see if it's a different story this week. Highly doubt it, though. Um, as far as you know, daily fantasy, this is a bad offense versus a good defense. This looks more like a Big Ten than a Pac-12. Uh, high-flying antics. Uh, if I was going to take anybody, C.J. Verdell from Oregon, the running back, is only 6K. Uh, they even gave him a break last last week versus Montana. That's why his numbers look less impressive, and he's a little cheaper on DraftKings right now. Um, he's a decent option against the Cal defense that hasn't done well against the run so far this year. Um, and, and Verdell can catch out of the backfield too, which is getting you know points per reception is, is huge in DraftKings. So uh, I would look, I would play Verdell uh, if I was in that night slate probably just because I know the situation this game's in. But again, uh, it is going to be low scoring. Woj, Woj. I think you know what you're talking about. You seem to know what you're talking about, buddy. We got an over-under at 46 and a half. This, this is not a Pac-12 over-under. This is definitely a Big Ten over-under. 46 and a half is not a big number. There's not going to be a lot of offense in this game. No, not at all. Uh, Woj and Wall pick them this week, Wall. Who are you going with? Who's going to be your pick? Again, remember, you're three and two. I'm two and three. After our wins last week, I had UCLA at Arizona over-under. I took the under at 70 and a half. They went well under that. Um, and you took Cincinnati minus three and a half with the win. <laughs> Who went well over that, Woj? I'm gonna hop on <laughs> I'm gonna hop on Cincinnati again. They're getting four this week against a group of six team when they're, in my opinion, the best group of six team themselves. So I'm gonna take the points, take the four, jump on them two weeks in a row. I kind of explained my thinking before when we were talking about the Ohio State, you know, Mi- Michigan State game. I'm hopping on them again this week, Woj. Well, I'm taking Iowa at three and a half. And I wouldn't bet it because I don't bet on my favorite team, but I'm going to take that for my play of the week. <laughs> you keep taking things you know I have to cheer for you, Woj. This is kind of baloney if you ask me. We'll see how it goes. Uh, everyone, I'm going to do a mini episode this week. It'll be about uh, dra- or just daily fantasy DFS, um, working out the the kinks of – how to put a team together, kind of recap some of the things we already talked about. 
Um, but just kind of more generalize it in just one episode, one mini episode to go over everything. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. Oh,